Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast, your source for all things running and travel in super fun destinations around the world. We're your hosts, Gerald Mitchell and Natalie Mitchell. Welcome to episode 68 of the Sweet Run Podcast. And this week, we are so happy to welcome Connie Shia to the show. Connie is a runner, a mom, and a proud advocate for diversity and representation, especially in running. So two months ago, Connie ran the California International Marathon, CIM, and she ran a blazing PR of 2.56. Now, the interesting part of this story is that Connie only signed up for the marathon two weeks before the race. Oh my gosh, we had so much fun chatting with Connie about this story. I want to share the details with you, but I am not going to do it. You're going to have to listen to the whole episode to hear this really great story. Connie is a wealth of knowledge about running. She runs for the Oakland Track Club. And in the second half of the conversation, we get a chance to talk about where Connie lives in Alameda, California. Alameda is a little island in the Bay Area, right outside of Oakland, right next to Oakland. And that's where Connie lives, and it's a beautiful place to live. She shares the best places to run, where to dine out, where to hang out, and so much more in Alameda. We are so excited to share this conversation with you, so here we go. We wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our sponsor, Inside Tracker. All right, you guys, February is here. It's almost Valentine's Day. And if you haven't thought about what to get your spouse, your partner, your loved one, your friends, your girlfriends, now is the time. So I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but wouldn't it be cool to do something a little bit different, a little bit outside of the box? Instead of hearts and candy and chocolate, I love those things. Don't get me wrong. But the gift of good health is actually a really great idea. And wouldn't it be cool for someone to open up their gift and know that you gave them the gift of good health through Inside Tracker. I love Inside Tracker. You guys know that. It's a science-backed, trackable action plan that helps you find out what is going on inside your body all through a blood test. They do the rest. They put together a comprehensive plan and tell you what you're doing right and what you need to work on to become a better athlete and a better person. So this Valentine's Day, this February, give the gift of good health with Inside Tracker. Use the code SWEETRUN to take 25% off of everything in their store. And a big shout out and a big thanks to our friends at Inside Tracker. The Sweet Run Podcast officially has merchandise, my friends. We are really pumped to share our brand new Sweet Run mug with you. Go to our website and check it out. It is designed by our son, Josh Mitchell, who is a cross-country runner and a lover of this sport. The great thing about having this mug is it's cold outside right now. You can curl up after your run with a Sweet Run mug and have a little bit of coffee, tea, hot water with lemon, whatever it is, hot apple cider that you like to warm up with. Use it. Enjoy it. We are really happy you guys are here. So go check out our Sweet Run mug. And now, friends, please enjoy our fun conversation with marathoner, educator, and mom of two, Connie Shia. Yes. I mean, honestly, I... I keep telling myself that 2020 is now two years ago and I am, I'm totally losing track and losing count of um, like how many months it's been, 
how many years it's been. It's definitely like a weird kind of arrested development kind of phase. But um, I do know like happy Lunar New Year. So yes, I, know, I was just going to yes. say that. <laughs> happy Lunar New Year. And it's the year of the tiger. Yes, that's correct. Um, so it's supposed to be a year of taking big risks and um, just going for it. Lots of change ahead. Um, so I, I feel like that's a really good thing, especially since we were just talking about how long we've been in a pandemic. Sure. Oh my gosh. I'm all about let's take risks and go big. Yeah. Or go oh, home. Yeah. Let's do this. That's right. We've been at home long <laughs> enough. So let's go. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's get the oh, heck out I of love what you have on. You look so festive and, and so pretty. It's just, I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, well, I mean, anybody that just follows me on, on Instagram really just knows that part of um, putting, putting on a good face is just like got the festive lipstick on and whatnot. But of course, I am dressed in um, a cheap haul for, uh, for the Lunar New Year to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, to you know just out of my usual either running uniform or i'm typically dressed all in black so this is definitely a departure i'm trying to manifest good luck there you go it's beautiful and it's called a cheap haul cheap haul yeah okay okay i always want to make sure that i'm saying everything getting it right <laughs> so there that's better lovely yeah um and it's funny because even with my last name this is a, i have said for <laughs> As long as I have been in school, born and raised here in the Bay Area, I was just like, oh, my last name is Shay, but it's really not pronounced that way. And okay. so it's actually Shea. Um, so okay. we speak Mandarin at home with my parents. I grew up speaking Mandarin at home with my parents. And so um, the proper way to say it is Shea. And it wasn't until a coworker actually named it, like, how do you actually say your name? I was like, oh, how, it, how? Right. I should actually tell people how to actually say my name instead of like, oh, yeah, just yeah. just sort of mail it in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, no, I love that because we were talking and I said, I'm going to ask Connie the, the correct pronunciation of her name. So it's Shea. Is that yes, right? Beautiful. Okay, cool. Excellent. Yeah. I'm a Bay Area native as well. And so I'm used to being, you know, I guess in, in most big cities, if you want to, you can be around people from all different backgrounds and ethnicities and cultures. And I always, one of the things, and, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I always, uh, when we would get a student, especially with like a, a foreign exchange student and their, you know, and their name, they'd be like, oh yeah, my name's, you know, um, like Lisa or something. And I'm thinking, come on. I get, get, don't water it down for me. I'm willing to get it. I, I apologize in advance. I'm going to mess it up a few times, but I'm going to get it. Don't do, right. don't, don't dumb it down for us Americans. <laughs> make, right. make us work, you know, we'll, we'll do it. We can step up. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and as a, as, as a, as a American, like I find myself like even now just coming to grips with what it actually means to um to be more fully myself too right i think that there's like what you tell other people and then there's certainly what you tell yourself is acceptable and i definitely feel that um more and more that there are things that i have let go including like the pronunciation of my name and names are so precious and you're absolutely right about that. Like, yeah, you know, we don't need to dumb it down. We don't need to water it down. This is, 
this is what you're supposed to call me. And if you can't do it, like we can work on it rather than, rather than me saying like, oh, let me give you a pass to let it go. When really this is in a lot of ways, like giving a pass on how I am seen and the kind of space that I take up. But I think it says that that comes up a lot, I think, as a person of color. And, you know, as, as a person of color, there's so there's a huge range of experiences. But I do think that one commonality is like what it is that we give permission for other people to do. And it, in a lot of ways, minimizes our experiences. And a, a really huge part about that is how do you pronounce a name? Mm-hmm. And that is a big yet very little thing, mm-hmm. right? It's a huge, you know what I'm, I'm listening and like really taking it all in because it's so, it's so true. It's, it's a part of our identity. It's a part of our culture and it's, it is precious. It's what our parents, like, you know, they thought about it and marinated on it. And, you know, a lot of times people have such, you know, you know, family backgrounds and their names. So we should take the time to say it right. With that said, yes, Connie, yeah. Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast. We're so, so happy to have you. Thank you so, so much for having me. Yeah, this- we, we've been having this heavy, we got into a heavy, but absolutely fun dialogue. <laughs> about, I was like, oh, we didn't introduce her yet. About names and, you know, and the value and, and all this stuff. But um, we're going to talk about running and Alameda and, and Connie and all that she's doing. So And Connie runs fast you guys you just ran 256 at cim just over a month ago that is blazing fast i want to hear all the things about it um i i signed up for it on a whim um two and a half weeks before the actual race um a really amazing runner julie woodruff who um otq'd and uh ran in the trials uh, just a couple of years ago, she, um, she actually gave up her bib. She transferred it to me because I was like, oh, sure, I'll take it. Why not? I was having a really good cross-country season. I decided to run cross-country for the first time in, I don't know, it was like 16 years. And I was like, you know what? Why not? It's CIM. I've only ever run the relay. And... I'm going to full send it. (laughs) So, um, and when I, I'm really private about goals for the most part. Um, and it wasn't until maybe like the night before that just in my, in my crazy head, I was thinking, wow, well, my PR is a 258 from, I think it was like 2017 at Santa Rosa. And the way that my mind works is that, okay, well, if I'm going to run another marathon, I really don't want to be slower than my prior mark. It becomes unacceptable in my, in my crazy type A head. Um, and so, and also because I didn't really have marathon training, I, um, I thought, well, if I run faster, it's less time on my feet. So I'm going to run as fast as I can. So I have less time on my feet. Um, and the funny part really was just that like my body, the ways in which I realized that I wasn't trained was like my bladder. I was not used to drinking that much water. So I stopped and had to pee four times. I think it cost me like two minutes. Um, and, 
my stomach also wasn't trained on the goose. I had something like, like four or five goose. And then I was so sick at the end that after I finished, I tried looking for my friends and I was like, you know what? I screw this. I need to go to the porta potty and I'm out of throwing up just because I could not take the goo. That was just, it felt so icky and I had forgotten how the texture felt. So, um, so that was my CIM experience just on a whim, full send it. <laughs> That's what happened. Nice. Full send it. Talk you about did. that. Okay. Wow. Wait, hold on. We got to break wait, this I, down. I, I, let me, I have a question before, because now he's getting ready to go like to dive in deep. marathon nerd. <laughs> so educate me. Now, I have not been familiar with much of cross country um, that passed basically, I guess, college um, in the U.S. I've heard about, you know, cross country competitive, you know. So where do adults not in school run cross country in the U.S.? Right. Um, so there, there are different associations based on your locale. Um, and um, USATF is just basically the over, um, is basically like the, the big organization that oversees all of this. And so um, here in the Bay Area, it's the Peninsula Associations of USATF. And so um, it basically includes um, like when we're talking about cross country or track racing, road racing, championships, those that really want to like be part of competitive clubs and teams, it's basically up and down the peninsula. So you have like San Francisco down to the South Bay-ish and then including the East Bay, which also, I mean, East Bay, depending on where you are in the East Bay, people are kind of weird about whether you you can call yourself the East Bay if you're in Alameda or Oakland, or if you're over like further in, like we're talking Livermore, like that's East Bay to some people. Um, But so it depends on like your, basically your, um, or your club or team's uh, registration with USATF. And then if you want to compete, then um, when you, basically register your USATF membership, you basically put in your club code so that when you do register for things like cross country races, or if you are doing some meets or whatnot for track season, or if you are doing road races, um, that can help count towards, you know, your team points or again, it depends on like what the season is. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm finding more and more adults running cross country and having a whole cross country season. And you are the perfect example that that clearly makes you a strong, fast runner because, okay, let's talk about this. So you had a cross country season. You did not train for CIS. Why do I always do that? I'm always thinking <laughs> high school cross country. I want to C- say CIF. CIF, yeah. CIF. CIF too. And we all wind up at Woodward Park. That's right. That's right. I know it was on my brain so much because I coached high school cross country this season. And it was like, all we talked about was CIF. CIM, you didn't train for. And then to get a PR, a significant PR, um, gosh, walk us through that. I mean, what kind of mileage and workouts were you doing during cross country? Cause that clearly made you really strong. Oh my goodness. Um, I am typically a, just a lower mileage runner compared to some, right? Like it's all relative. Um, I traditionally run about 40 miles a week. And then if I am training for a marathon, 
I might, I might go up to just a little past 65. I usually don't, honestly, I, I typically peak at somewhere between 55 and just over 60. Um, because really it's, it's about the number of quality efforts you have. I actually run every single day, but I also have a lot of days where I'm like, okay, I'll run half an hour. That's four miles. And that's good. And then what I really need is like a middle of the week run. And it's maybe like anywhere between 10 and 15 miles. And then I have a long run. That's really what I worry about during uh, when I have previously uh, trained for a marathon. Um, with cross country, um, like I said, I hadn't done it for about 16 years. And then, so I, I started, it was late September. I had maybe one workout a week with Oakland track club. Um, and I, I definitely felt like it, it was just sort of reconnecting with a, a prior version of myself. And that actually felt really good. I think if anything, like that was the thing that really helped me feel lighter and more excited about running. And I can't emphasize that enough because it's not actually about the mileage. It's about like the whole attitude towards running. Um, you can do the efforts. You can do your one major workout a week. You can have your long run. But um, I think that if you are really laboring to find joy in it, it's not gonna, it doesn't matter what it is that you do, there's going to be that heaviness um, that that can weigh you down. And even with that, like the cross country season went progressively better. I felt like I was getting stronger and stronger. In a lot of ways, it felt like I was reconnecting with myself, which was building a certain kind of self-confidence. And I definitely was riding the high of like a, you know what, let's just see where this goes. And a lot of that was why I signed up for a marathon two and a half weeks before thinking, why the heck not? I might as well just go for it. Okay. Well, it clearly, yeah. you went for it and it worked. So when you were, so what, what did your season look like for cross country? How many races were you racing every weekend and were they 5k, 10k races? What was the right. distance? Um, the distance was generally like a 5k to, um, just over, just around four miles. Um, and the thing about cross country, um, especially since Natalie, you know, from coaching, you know, you're, you're running on a whole number of different kinds of terrain. Um, and generally less for less than half an hour. <laughs> um, and it was basically from September to, I want to say end of November. Um, I missed the very first race, I think at the beginning of September, because there was just a conflict in my personal schedule, but it was four races, just a couple weeks apart, each one. And this is the thing about racing. I think that sometimes people forget because I do find this a lot with some of my, some of my runner friends where you have a big training block because you're training for a half marathon or you're training for a marathon, but really there's a lot of work and joy and a huge amount of toughness that you are testing out when you are running these shorter races. Like a 5k is not just a 5k, like you're working a 5k. And then same thing goes for like 
then add in the different, um, I just say like add in the, all of the challenges that cross country has with different kinds of terrain, your elevation, and the fact that you might not be wearing your road racing shoes and you're gonna have to figure out um, how your feet feel in a totally different way. Um, there, there's so much work involved in that that I still think is like super, super valuable. But I also think that sometimes we don't talk enough about with this explosion of recreational running that has been happening over the last decade. Um, and the way that a season goes, whether it's for cross country or for track is that you do want to, you do want to peak at the end of the season. And so you need all of these race efforts to really test you and push you, um, to give you stuff to chew on and think about, and also learn about yourself, right? Like at what point do I really need to work on the mental stuff, but also do I really need to work on my aerobic fitness? Like, do I really need to work on how I am attacking a hill, right? Like the resistance stuff. And do I have weak ankles or one weak ankle that I really need to work on when I am running through like a really weird pitted section of grass um, or dirt? So, so many things to consider and so many things to think about that I think are really, really valuable. Um, and I can't recommend enough for a lot of runners who might have been in a road racing rut. You know what? <laughs> Everything that you've said is so valuable. I am literally like, yes, I'm just sitting here like shaking my head because it's so true. And I think like what you were saying, there was this been this explosion of everybody wants to run the marathon, right? It's this glamorous distance and the half marathon as well, but especially I think the marathon and everyone's like, I want to do it. You know, it's just, and when people talk about it and it's just, it's huge. And, and that's a wonderful thing because it gets people moving. But I think there's something to be said about working those fast twitch muscles in a 5k and a 10k, especially on different varied terrain and hills and grass and dirt, all the stuff in cross country that will make you so tough and strong, like you said, and you transfer all of that into a marathon. And I mean, you guys listening, yeah. look at this. Connie is the example. She did not train for CIM. M <laughs> and she ran a PR of 256. Like that's honestly incredible. With four bathroom stops. I know you could have run <laughs> faster than that if you hadn't had the bathroom stops. I'm taking your advice. Like, oh my goodness, I could probably wall. run a 254. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? What do you yeah. want to do now? Um, so I have the the Napa, the Napa Valley half coming up. Um, that first weekend in March, uh, my PR was from 2020. It was also at Napa and I, uh, I ran a two, uh, no, I ran a 124. Um, and I was about two and a half months pregnant at the time. Oh my oh, gosh. Um, wait, how old is your little one? Uh, well, my, well, my younger child is three. The The one that I was pregnant with didn't take, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but that was the last road race that I ran before everything closed down because of the pandemic. And then you asked about, you know, what what's next in terms of like, oh, perhaps um, I really want to break 120. 
And this is the whole like, you know, year of the tiger, take a big risk and I'm doing the thing. I'm saying it on the record that I want to break 120. I love it. Um, because even, even if I don't make it, but if I have the mentality that I'm just going to do it, I'm going to be faster no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you said your PR was 124, I'm like, oh, you're going to blow that out of the water. I mean, you know, after the fast marathon time and all the cross country training, you're ready. You're ready for a big PR. And there is something to be said about that moment. You say it out loud. Yeah. You know, and you, like, you can't, oh, you can't get it's it back. It's scary, like, but it's okay. yeah, exactly. you accountable. Oh, let it, it go. Let it go. Run, run with it. Now you'll have all of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No one. No one. It's <laughs> a good one. It's a good one. We'll all be rooting for you though, Connie. And I think in that sense, there is some goodness in that where, you know, it, it's, it's hard to put it out there, but then you have people that are like, you know, supporting you from afar. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that there's for, this is, this is true for me, certainly that, um, I've really struggled with believing in myself, um, for a variety of reasons, uh, growing up and also just as an adult, you know, and trying to navigate um, what it means to really invest in self-care, really believe in myself, really think that I can do the hard things because life can be really scary. And also because we all hold all of our stuff of, you know, what we carry about all the feedback that we've gotten growing up. And I really want to move in a very positive direction in saying that I can name something for myself and I really want to put in the work to manifest it, like to really believe in myself. Um, And I, I think that's really important for a lot of people because it's easy to say, don't forget to take care of yourself. Don't forget to say that you can do hard things. But when confronted with a lot of hard things, it's so easy to just say like, but maybe I'm not worth it. Maybe I can't do it and all that kind of stuff. And I, I want to really challenge myself to be able to believe in me more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think running is the perfect platform for doing that work mentally and emotionally because I can tell you, as I'm trying to be more consistent about running, you think it's just you in the road. And then all these things start creeping in and telling you, oh man, just stop, dude. Oh man, that hurts, man. Oh, well you, you went far enough, man. Like, no, this is what I set out to do. And like, you got to get out of my way, get back, get out of my head, get out of my heart and keep going or, or, and get the training done or whatever it is. And like, and stop to focus on yourself. To repair and, and whatever mentally and emotionally, physically, all of that. Right, right. And I mean, it's also running is a, as you said, like just a really great way to test all of these things because sometimes when you are out like eight miles and you're like, man, how else am I going to get home? <laughs> <laughs> Calling someone to pick me up. I, I really got to do the thing. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Boston 24. 15 and it was raining. It was not as bad as 2018 when it was truly just one of the scariest things. Did you <laughs> run 2018? I ran 2018 as well. Oh my gosh. Um, 
I was, I was pregnant at 2018. Um, and at mile 22, my friend Grace, who was also pregnant at the time, I, I, I think it was mile 22. She yelled at me, Des one. And <sighs> I was like, you know, I can, I can get home. I can get yes. Home. That I know. So, um, so amazing. and for that, actually for that reason, I, I, we named, um, our daughter Desiree. Oh, uh, oh and, uh, oh my but, gosh! Does Des know this? She will, but I mean, on the she bottom, will. Des literally will. She doesn't truly get it. She knows mom runs, but oh, that's amazing. Um, on the finisher certificate, I I did write um her name on it as well because she was she was there, little bandit. Yeah. Well, actually, I I guess I meant to say does Des does Des <laughs> Lind know? Does oh, Linda know that your child is named after her? That's amazing. Oh, I don't, I don't think she actually does, but um, I hope she will in a, in a yeah. little bit. Des, if you're listening, <laughs> yes. you have a namesake. <laughs> you have a namesake because at mile 22 at Boston in a terrible storm, uh, um, just decided this this was going to happen. Um, but in, I was going to say that in 2015. I was about, I was less than four months postpartum from my son and we were living in Boston at the time and it was cold, it was raining and Boston's kind of windy in general, like just super temperamental weather. Um, I remember thinking while I was running the marathon about three miles in, this is so stupid. Why am I out here? (laughs) And then I kept looking to the side, looking to the side. I was like, I can't get home unless I finish this. And then, so when you were saying earlier about like, you know, really putting in the mental work and checking in with yourself, I was like, I'm checking in with myself. I, this is the only way I'm going to get home. Even if I wanted to call a car right now, there's so many road closures. Yeah. Nobody's going to get me. I can't hop on the T. Like, this is not going to happen unless I literally run all the way down that's funny I love the way you paint yourself into a corner with one way out and it's like I gotta finish (laughs) how many marathons have you done Connie oh I think it's just under 10 um so I ran Boston every year from 2014 to I was supposed to go this year but didn't end up doing it and I couldn't complete the virtual one last year uh we had a weird fire this is not normal for northern california and yet it, for some people they think that this is normal um but we, there was a fire season um sort of situation up here and mm-hmm. around the time when we had that window for the virtual boston i my asthma was acting up it just wasn't good yeah. um but so uh 2019 was the last time that i ran boston i've also run um the Santa Rosa full. That was my first time breaking free. And I also ran the LA marathon once and Santa Clarita, um, Santa Clarita in 2012, I believe was my very first, uh, Boston qualifier. Um, my very first marathon was the rock and roll down in San Diego. And I, I ran it in, I think it was 2009. I had a car accident the day before and um, and barely slept the night before the marathon. And then in the process of running the marathon, I, uh, fully like displaced my clavicle. Oh my so gosh. I didn't turn my head. 
Um, and it's funny just because like, this is such a, I think that a lot of runners might just um, understand like the, the total craziness of what goes on in our heads. At the time, the BQ mark was a 340 for my age group for 19 to um, I think 34. And I ran a 349 or 340, yeah, 349, I think. And I couldn't turn my head, but I was just so mad that I didn't BQ. <laughs> and I wasn't really thinking about like, are you physically and mentally and emotionally okay? All I could think of was like, Oh, <laughs> 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 <I'm> terrible. <laughs> I know it's like, oh, I was in a major car accident and like, I can't turn my head, but, but man, uh, <laughs> wanted to qualify for Boston. <laughs> I really wanted to qualify for Boston. I was 20 or 20 or 21 years old. And I was like, I'm so mad at myself. That I did not qualify for Boston. <laughs> but now look, look at where yeah. you are all these years later and you've built you know, this incredible strength and, you know, and you're just getting started. So that's, it's super exciting. Do yeah. you like, now I know you run and train with the Oakland track club. Right. How is that? That seems like a lot of fun just from your photos oh. with friends and. Yeah. Um, so when um, I, I first started coming back into like group running around 2017, I joined the Oakland chapter of Arte, which is an all women's running club. And that was really, truly fantastic. I really needed it for me, not just for, I would say it's a little bit less for running and it was more for being able to meet other people that were strong, amazing female role models, mm -hmm. working, raising kids, trying to do whatever it means to lean in into all of the challenges in their lives and whatnot. Um, and I needed those role models. I had, um, I had felt quite frankly, really lonely, um, and challenged when I first became a mom and I was 26 when I had my first kid and a lot of my friends were not in that place. Um, they might be in that place now, um, or have been since. And I felt like I just needed to continue to build on whatever community I I felt like I needed at the time or to create that. And so Arte was amazing. Um, and around the same time that the Oakland chapter of Arte was established, uh, so was Oakland Track Club. Um, and um, I, I remember thinking, well, this is, that's cool it, to see the running scene really develop in the Oakland East Bay area again, not quite as far inland as like Livermore, Stockton, whatnot, but um, it was really cool to see things take off about, you know, five, six years ago. And at the time though, I also felt like, you know, it's like mostly dudes, like, okay. Where are the women? <laughs> yeah, where are the women? <laughs> they had some, but I just like never really saw them regularly on the track, but we would all be on the track doing workouts, um, like, you know, every Wednesday and whatnot. So I would see the same faces over and over again um, and got to know, um, got to know some of the members. And after a while, you know, with the pandemic, everything just kind of bottomed out for a while. I know that I was feeling really bottomed out after, um, after feeling really drained, quite frankly, from working from home, also homeschooling, essentially homeschooling the kids at the same time, managing everything. Um, and 
feeling like my running was just kind of stagnant, was really dealing with um, a lot of depression. And, but things started opening up last year, obviously with some races um, and also, you know, outdoor activities, obviously still okay. Um, And uh, late summer, I believe was when I decided to make the jump to Oakland Track Club because um, quite frankly, I, I was ready to get faster. And I thought that co-ed actually would be better for that. Yeah. Um, there were, there's something quite frankly, that, um, that just hits right with some, sometimes feeling like I can run with the boys and I want to run with the boys and, you know, screw anybody that says that like, oh, you know, you you have to literally stay in your lane or something like that, Uh, run with the girls or like, you know, this is about as fast as you can go and girls are just slower. Um, How I got into, how I even started feeling good about running, quite frankly, was when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, when we started doing those California fitness mile uh, fitness tests, right? And I was running with boys. And so when I say that um, there was a lot from this fall that was like reconnecting with my sense of self, yeah, it's cross country, but it also is just from being really, truly honest, it's this feeling of like, I'm fast. I should be running with the boys. And even if I'm sandbagging with the boys, I'm still going to get faster. Mm-hmm. Oh it's- my gosh, yeah. you can totally run with the boys. And I hope that you hadn't had an experience where someone led you, you know, or tried to say that that wasn't a good idea because they would be honored to run with you. You're fast and fit. And you know what I'm saying? It's about people running together and making each other iron sharpens iron. So, and I'll tell you, this boy can't run with you. (laughs) Not yet. Maybe, maybe one day, but not right now. (laughs) I know. Can you run 644 pace for 26.2 miles? Not at all. There you go. Not at all. (laughs) You know, it's funny because it's not really that people have ever said like, you can't do it. But I think that there's, again, it goes back to what kind of stuff are you holding in? Like what kind of insecurity? And for me personally, it was like, a, well, is it selfish to want to get faster? Or is it selfish to say like, you know, I, I can push myself more. And, and it, there's also that feeling of like, well, what if I fail? What if I look stupid? You know, what if I look foolish for wanting to try this thing? Um, and obviously running, running requires a lot of vulnerability too, because you are, you are leaving it all out there. And especially if it's with a group, like they'll see, can you actually hang or not? And, and I can, I like, that's the thing that I want to really work on letting go because I'll get better no matter what. And I, I say that hoping that other people will really hear that where they can feel like they can totally push themselves because they're deserving of that. Mm-hmm. And our, honestly, our running community is only going to get better because of it. When people say like, this is exactly what it is that I need to really test myself and testing myself doing a fire walk or something like that is a really good thing. You know, it, we talk about how for young athletes, it builds character, but it's not just something. And I say that because I coach cross country for, a while for high school students, but um, 
you know, we can, we still absolutely are always testing ourselves and building character and discovering and rediscovering ourselves, even as adults. I didn't realize that you, are you currently coaching or was this something that you did a while ago? Um, I, from 2017 to 2020 was the, no, 2019 maybe. Yeah. It was the last actual season because then, you know, COVID hit, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I did coach high school cross country, um, at the high school that I work for. Well, Uh, they were lucky to have you because I mean, you're such a good, you're a great role model. And like, you know, I can just see you giving that wisdom to those young kids and then being, you know, changed and being better because of it. So I love that. I love strong women coaches. You know that you guys, I love strong women coaches. So we need more of them. We do. A huge part of it is just because quite frankly, like coaching education is not what it should be about how it is that we really protect and work and develop our athletes, especially our young women athletes. And I think that the more that we have uh, really positive role models that also are well-educated and trained on how to really fully support our, our young people, um, you know, we, we can't really, we have to have that. Otherwise we can't really turn the tide on a lot of the stuff that has been super problematic with coach and athlete relationships historically. And how did you find your way into Alameda as coming kind of around the horn there around the Bay? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I went to college and grad school down in Southern California. Um, and then I, um, lived in Boston for a couple of years. Um, because uh, my ex um, was getting his graduate degree over in Boston and that's where our son was born. And then we moved back. And uh, when we moved back, it was because we both knew that we wanted to come back specifically to the Bay Area. Um, It's where I, where my family is. It's where I feel so strongly where home is. Um, and you know, when we talk about the Bay area, like I know it's kind of all over, we have the peninsula, we have the East Bay and whatnot, and housing is like crazy overpriced everywhere. Um, and while we were in Boston, um, after we had our son, my mom was basically on a war path to say, I should say, like to find a place for us to settle down because for her, it was really, really important. Um, and, um, it is absolutely her belief that, you know, when you have a brand new family, you need to have a home, you need to be established and not be moving around everywhere because it's just not good. And so, um, she was actually scoping out all new construction places in the Bay Area for for that last year that we were in Boston. Um, and Alameda was just a really nice, um, I wanna say like an easy access point for a number of things. You know, you can take the ferry across the Bay um, to work over in San Francisco. And for a while, that's um, what uh, Mike's was doing. Like we were, he was commuting via ferry, which 
honestly, amazing views on a boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, cue the SNL song, Adam Sandberg, like I'm on a boat. <laughs> but, um, and for me, um, I, you know, I work in education. I'm an educator and um, I'm an administrator now, but at the time I was teaching and that's the thing about um, like pink collar jobs, you know, you're going to be giving care and like providing that service no matter where you go. Um, and so it's just a matter of finding the right kind of um, right kind of community to serve. Yeah. Okay. So when we, we love talking about, obviously, this part of the, the conversation when we talk about our guest hometown. You live in Alameda, which is right there, this island right in next to, or what, I don't know how I should say it. Next to Oakland, across yeah. from the bay. It's, it's, yeah, like you said, it's a great, like, it's a great suburb, but not in the suburb, right? It's an it's a interesting yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a weird little island. I mean, like sometimes I just say like, oh yeah, island life, but really it's a suburb on an island, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> an island next to Oakland. So where are we going to go for a run in Alameda, Oakland area? Um, so if you're going around Alameda, Alameda is so funny because it's just, it's so flat and it is suburbs. Um, and you can run to the point where you can see um, the USS Hornet and see like these amazing, like huge, uh, you can see the old naval base and everything, but um, mm. it is so flat. I joke around all the time that all the speed bumps are your Alameda hills. <laughs> 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 if you like the flat and fast, like you are totally fine in Alameda. It's great to just do like a road workout if you really want to. Like, yeah, you want, you have one minute pickups, go for it. Like, yeah, take it straight away. <laughs> you might get some wind resistance because, you know, it's surrounded by water, but it is all good. Um, but you can also very easily do a really nice long run all around Alameda oh. um, and get over 20 miles. Um, oh and again, just like really great for time on feet if you want something like all road, <laughs> concrete, asphalt, flat, with maybe the same 33 feet of elevation. From oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that would be good for like a speed workout. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, but then we have some really amazing trails nearby. Um, over in Oakland, if you want to, um, I've what I've done is like I've run over in Redwood Regional, um, very near Skyline High School. Mm-hmm. Um, Joaquin Miller Park is like, honestly, there's like a nice little connection of all of these different kinds of parks um where you can get some really great woodsy trail runs and technically they're all named like different parks but you cross a road and you're like from walking miller right over into redwood regional um and that's if you're really into the trail thing um close to where i work in san lorenzo there's lake chabot and right around lake chabot there's a really lovely just short of nine mile loop i think it's like 8.9 or 8.8 miles um, you can check it on Strava, <laughs> See yeah. what it says. but, um, it's got great views. You have, um, you have some road work, but then also plenty of trail with plenty of elevation. And, um, I personally do really love running on trail and getting a lot of vert just because it's really nice for, um, just for the body and the mind to mix things up and just, suck air <laughs> like yeah puffing up, <laughs> up <laughs> um for sure 
Yeah. And then I also will, um, more than a couple times a year, uh, head over back to the San Francisco Marin side of things over on the other side of the bay. Um, and then run what's called the Ninja Loop, which is, um, and which you can extend anywhere from between like, I think it was like eight miles all the way to, if you really want to make things spicy, you can make it up to like 14. If you also add in running across the Golden Gate Bridge, Mm-hmm. Um, which by the way, on TripAdvisor, I find the comments really hilarious because people that are not from here will say things like, what is this Golden Gate Bridge? It's not even golden. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. That's always. You're like, right. okay. Or they'll say like, oh, but it's like, it was foggy the entire time. I'm like, hi, meet Carl. Hi. <laughs> right. yes, yeah. That's what San Francisco is world famous for. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but the views really truly are great on either side of the bay. So like running over in Marin, running over in like, again, over in the Marin area with Mount Tam is really lovely, but over in the East Bay, um, it's just maybe 20, 25 minutes of a drive from Alameda to hit up, um, places like Inspiration Point, Redwood Regional. Um, if you wanted to head over down a little further South to, um, Lake Chabot. Um, I've also a couple times also just gone a little further south over to like Fremont Milpitas to run with friends up to mm-hmm. Monument Peak um, and Monument Peak and also Mission Peak. People typically hike it. We're crazy and we like to run it because we just like the extra hurt. And sometimes it's extra fun because it's really muddy and sometimes it gets so cold that the mud actually ices over and there are cows there. I've fallen and picked up a tick once. Like you get all kinds of adventure there. (laughs) Wow. That sounds adventurous. I'm all for that. I love that. Yeah. We'll have to go down, uh, go South next time. I'm always used to running like in Joaquin Miller and Tilden park and Wildcat Canyon and those places, you know? Um, so yeah. We've run in Alameda before, haven't we? I'm pretty sure. I feel like I've run there before Maybe. but I, I was gonna ask you connie so when you um if someone wants to go and be like and say they're the, in the area and they're like oh maybe i'll do my speed workout or whatever in alameda or just want to run there would you just park anywhere and then just start on any part of the island and you can just run the island honestly yeah it okay is, it is yeah. very much like that um you can totally park your car in any given little side street um and most of the time you're not going to get a ticket. <laughs> okay. Uh, which I think is really important because yeah, that's important. That's really yeah. Parking is like all different kinds of cities. <laughs> I mean, again, this is the part where like, this is very much the suburbs and this is not like in the heart of a city is not downtown. It's not like LA where you also have like six different signs telling you exactly which day and which time. And you're standing there for like 10 minutes reading yeah, the sign. Like, you're like, yes. did I miss something? Because yes. I do not want to get Sorry, it's 3.22 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> Can I yes. be here or am I going to get owed? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Only if you're wearing purple socks and your birthday's in March. <laughs> right. Exactly. We'll have to check ID for that. Right. Totally. What about food? Where is the good places to dine out in Alameda or air in the area? Well, I, I, I think that Alameda has a few really cute places. Um, I'm very much a, um, I really like diners. And so I'm very much a diner type person. Um, 
I really like Greece. <laughs> so mm. when some, oh, and also I'm just gonna disclose this. Not everybody knows this about me because they might not follow me on social media, but I have a really good relationship with Taco Bell. So when I say I love Greece, like <laughs> I really, I love Greece. I love Taco Bell. Like we are, we are fast friends. <laughs> I love it. You know what? Hold on, Connie. I, it's so funny when you said that, I thought you were saying the country Greece. I'm like, oh, she loves Greece. <laughs> no, you actually mean like the down and dirty. Yes, Greece. <laughs> oh yeah. The Greece. I yes. love it. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, so like, in terms of um, where to go in Alameda after, say, like a long run or mm -hmm. a workout or something like that, I love Ollie's Waffle Shop on Park Street. Um, I also really, really love Home Skillet. Um, mm -hmm. Home Skillet has great, I'm not really into sweets, but I know that a lot of listeners might be and they might really love their donuts and whatnot, but Home Skillet does great donuts and also really great diner food. So if you're into like these really loaded omelets or like a really great breakfast burrito, then that's a great place to go. Um, there's also um, a few other places uh, that I like to go to, like um, I think it's Dottie's Coffee Shop. Um, I think it's on Central, um, but I like to go there for coffee cake sometimes after a long run where I'm just like, I really need the sugar. I don't even really like sugar, but I really need it. And this is like a really thick slice of coffee oh, cake. Um, and I need it like right now. <laughs> um, and also every once in a while, I do like to go to Cafe Jolie for a nice Benedict. And um, I just, I like my runny yolks. Um, and I also like running jokes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, bad rhyme stuff. Um, but so those are some great places to hit up for breakfast. Um, there also is, if you're willing to wait till a little after nine, Caballo Wraps, um, I think on Lincoln Street does a really great um, chorizo breakfast burrito. Oof. And That's so... Good. I'm, I'm all for that. Again, very salty personality. But yes. <laughs> Gotta have um, salt, savory. Yeah. Yes. I mean, with the amount that we all run, like or how hard we work, like we just, we really need our sodium. So oh, um, sure. those are, those are basically my go-to places in Alameda. Do you have any like dinner places? Like later we've taken a shower and we want to go out for dinner. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, one of the places that, um, that I, if you're into like going to a really cute little wine bar cafe, kind of a feel something a lot more casual then there is a place called Preacher's Daughter. Mm. Um, they have a really great selection of wine, really amazing staff. And it's just, it's cozy and friendly. And at the same time, you, you feel like you could have a, a nice date there and, um, but I, I will also say this is true of Alameda. Like Alameda is not a place where like you get like super, you know, decked out, like, um, <laughs> save that for the city. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say is Alameda still kind of a, it's a sleepy place, right? I yeah. mean, relatively speaking, you know, it's, yeah. it's the quiet place you go, you go over the bridge or go through the tunnel to just get away from the rest. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like really the 
this is where you go to find a park or something and you know you hang out you picnic it's a great place to bring small children quite frankly just mm-hmm. because it is it is so quiet um i really love a little sushi restaurant called sushi valley Ooh. um and they have a really great selection again really small really intimate space um they also have a nice little patio right outside um but if you are into seafood you want something quiet and small and really intimate I would say like that is a really really great place to go um and the thing also is is just that um for better or worse like during the pandemic a lot of different businesses did close but now as things have been sort of moving in the direction of opening up we do see that there are new businesses that are moving in so we I'm quite frankly, just kind of waiting to see who is taking up some of these, um, these vacancies, because Mm -hmm. I really want to support local businesses. And Mm -hmm. um, really, I think that that's the, that's the fun part about living in what feels like a really small town. Alameda can feel like that. It's definitely got that small town feel where you can very quickly establish a really good relationship with um, the owners of um, whatever kind of business, whether it is um, a place for dining or, you know, for um, fitness, all of the above. What have they done or what well, what was pre-pandemic <laughs> happening with the decommissioned naval base? Because I've heard there's kind of a whole little scene that, that they've used that space for, and, and I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, um, they're doing a lot of stuff. There's so much construction in that area um, to create new housing. Um, there also has been a huge explosion for what's now called Spirits Alley. Um, so you have like Walkwall Wine Company over there, Almanac Brewing, um, Admiral, Mal- Admiral Malting's um and so you have like this really great scene for if you really love wine, you really love beer, you want to, um, you want a lot of space because again, like this is a decommissioned naval, like naval base, you have so much space indoor and outdoor, right? Um, and so I guess with the pandemic, like the outdoor stuff is really helpful, but um, it, it's just great because people have the opportunity to like go out, sit outside. Um, there's so much space that you can have food trucks nearby. So like when we're thinking about what does safe gathering, dining, social really look like in a pandemic, like this is actually really quite nice just to have so much open space outdoors uh, for people to basically, basically do what they want to do is just be social you know we are social creatures even though some of us are more introverted than others <laughs> but um yeah. especially in a pandemic there's that urge to like gather or like missing the gathering right and so um there's been so much development um also with real estate in the area to just create more housing um quite frankly i think that there can be more done to create more affordable housing. Um, But at the same time, you know, it, it's not a bad thing, I think, to just remake a space that otherwise is not being used, which was truly, I think, uh, the situation that has been the case over at Alameda Point. Yeah, Yeah. the Bay Area has gotten to be so expensive 
it's really, you know, it's a beautiful place, but I mean, you have to really, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it's, it's expensive. Um, but I wanted to ask you about running stores or is there a running store that you go to, to get gear? If you've forgotten something, where would you direct us to go? Hands down, my place to go to is Renegade Running over okay. in Oakland okay. um, on Grand. And um, the, the founders and owners of the store are just absolutely amazing. Belota, who um, I think he was just on the Morning Shakeout podcast. Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. That is in my queue right now. It's like it, it's like a two hour conversation, but yes. it looks so like his story just sounds amazing. And so he owns Renegade Running, right? Yeah. Yes, with Victor Diaz. And Victor also has like just an amazing, like he's he's a great runner, but also just like such a great community builder. He also has a background as an educator. And the two of them have created, honestly, just like a beautiful space. And they are really careful and very intentional about the different kinds of brands um, and models, like what it is that they're curating for, you know, carrying and, and offering in their store. Um, they also are so good at um, just creating a sense of community with like runs and opportunities to um, to gather. Like you really get a sense that this isn't just a place where people go and get gear. Um, this is absolutely a place where there's the intent to be a community hub as well for the running scene. Okay. I love, yeah. I love that. That's really what a running store is is supposed to be about more than just the purchasing just, of yeah. items. It's about community. Um, what about places to stay in Alameda? Is there a hotel or, uh, you know, someplace you'd let, tell us to, you know, where to stay? Um, to be perfectly honest, uh, whenever I've had friends come over, like they're either staying with me or they might be staying, um, a little off the Island over, okay. over in Oakland and Berkeley, there are plenty of places to choose from there. Like if you want to really, you know, ball out, you can go to the Claremont, um, club and spa over in Berkeley slash Oakland. Cause it really is like mostly in Oakland. Um, and it's a really, really lovely space. Um, I mean, if you are staying in Alameda, we have, I think, uh, Hampton Inn, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and which is great, but we also, I think this is one of the cool things where, um, in this day and age, we also have Airbnb options where you can look places up and really the, the draw of Alameda itself, um, or even in the surrounding areas is I would say, I would push people to go Airbnb so they can just like really have that experience of just being in the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love those yeah, options. That's great. Yeah. I always think when people say that it's so true, you know, you get a, you rent a little place and then you can just feel like you are part <clears throat> of the community. Yeah. And just know? be a little more free. So, yeah. Uh, and I think, I know that this is certainly true for me, but I've heard it from other running friends that the way that I really get to know a space is just like running the streets of that place. And mm -hmm. it's so much easier when you are not necessarily bound to like a hotel or, you know, um, something of that nature, but like, you're really in it because then you, you get the fun of really navigating where it is that you are at. Um, not to knock the experience of like wanting to have a hotel experience, but given that Alameda itself is just like, you know, kind of a sleepy little small town, man-made island kind of a situation. 
if if you are here for like the the bougie experience like that's go take it off island if you're here then then be here you know airbnb it yeah yeah Good point. Are there races that you like to run? Because I know you race and and you run with Oakland Track Club. Are there any favorite races you would recommend? Yeah. So the Oakland Track Club um, has a few track races that they put on. um, And, you know, you with a lot of running clubs, you might have um, just like a lot of recreational runners, you might have people that are like really geared towards going back to what we said earlier, really geared towards just like running a half marathon marathon. And so it seems like you always have a really heavy, long training block. Um, but really this, um, for us, it's, it's more about building community and like really supporting a range of different kinds of runners and racers. Um, and so, we have, for example, like the winter classic that we just had a couple of weeks ago where um, the, the race itself was um, 3,200 meters. So that's two miles on the track. And then there's also a four by 800 that followed that and a kid's 400 meter run. Um, the summer classic is a 5,000 meter on the track uh, with a distance medley relay, which is honestly just so much fun. Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. Going back to high school brings back memories. That absolutely is just like the joy of something that this track club puts on for our own members, just to, again, just to like mix it up and to bring, bring that kind of joy and fun. And maybe it's like a good throwback, um, but also a really good challenge for wherever you are at as a, as an athlete now. Um, is this in the, on the track in Alameda or Oakland? It's actually in Oakland. So, um, we have a really good relationship with Sean Coles, uh, uh, who is the track and field and cross country coach over at Skyline High. And so we typically have our meets over there. And even before I joined the team, it was just something that I would participate in when I was in Arte. It was just it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's a good challenge. It's like terrifying because I I hated track when I was in high school, but you know, like just why not? Let's do it. It doesn't matter. Like you're not going to die or anything. (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be good fun. Um, So those are some of the, the things that our Oakland track club does put on, which is just, again, it's about community building, bringing out a bunch of people. It's not just for people in our club. It's for like people anywhere. You can be, you can have any club affiliation. You have no club affiliation. Just like come out, show up. People are going to root for you no matter what. And that's sometimes what we just absolutely need, right? Just to like run these ovals, but have people that don't care about what you look like, yeah. who you are. And just have them like scream positive things at you. <laughs> that sounds yes, good perfect. Thing. I love that. Some good yeah. therapy. Really, really. Absolutely. Um, now, are there any on-island races that, you, that you've done or, or that are reasonably popular or what have you? The Alameda 10 miler is, oh. again, flat, fast. Right. It is an out and back. Um, that one's really pretty good. Um, and there is a half marathon that we have here in Alameda. Again, Alameda is flat. So everything's going to be flat and fast, which is beautiful. If you really want a flat, fast road race, um, maybe with a little 
bit of wind resistance because we are an island. So, you know, all the, all the winds coming off of the water, um, you do have options, but, um, I would say that if you're looking to, if you're looking to really test yourself late summer, then the Alameda 10 miler is a really fantastic race. It starts and ends over actually at the old naval base. So okay. wow. um, I have to check that out. That sounds like yeah. fun. I'd love to come and do that. And I do attest <laughs> to how flat Alameda is as a kid, when we would go to the beach, right. That was like the beach thing growing up in Berkeley. Cause it was yeah. calm and everything yeah. is looking down some of the streets. You could feel like you could see from one end of the Island to the other. Cause there was no rise. <laughs> you would just look there. You'd be oh, houses yeah. on either side. And it just, you, it was like, you're looking through like a, an, a spyglass or something and just you could see from one end to the other absolutely yes and we don't get too much fog on the island either so it's not like we have carl sitting on us or anything like that. <laughs> beautiful sunny days yeah mostly. you definitely can just be like oh yeah that's that's three miles down there we go <laughs> okay oh, connie i want to ask you what what is a place of interest in Alameda or just you know around that you love that you would tell someone who'd never visited if you come you have to see this and if it was Alameda um quite frankly I I would say you know have a good time over at Spirits Alley if you um if you want to go see the food truck scene and if you are into if you're into spirits but you don't have to be it's just like the the food trucks are great um and the views are great and it's just relaxing to be in a space that's really really open and you can see it clear across the bay that's just relaxing you know um but the other thing that I would also um I would also really recommend for people is like, you know, really off islands. Like if you really love um, going to museums, we have the Oakland Museum of California, really close by amazing California history. Um, a couple of years ago, they had this really beautiful, really beautifully curated exhibit um, that was focused on like the history of hip hop, um, especially with its origins here in the Bay area that I thought was just absolutely incredible. Um, my kids also really love, um, Chabot and, um, the space and science center, um, which is really great because, Hey, if you are into really amazing views, there's something for everyone. You can go trail running nearby, like mm-hmm. over in road regional over in Joaquin Miller, and then just say like, Oh yeah, honey, I'm done with my, if, if you have a partner and you have kids, like, honey, I'm done with my uh, run. I'm kind of gross, but let's go ahead and hit up the science center and check out some more views. It's fantastic. That's perfect. Okay. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I really can't say enough about how much I, I really, really do love um, just exploring places in the Bay area. I mean, like, again, like Tilden, Wildcat Canyon, Chabot, like, they are really great. And I think that they're definitely undersold because people talk about Marin running all the time. Or if you are in, if you're along the peninsula, you know, you might say like, oh, but there's really great running in Santa Cruz. And there really is. And there's some really great races there. I love Wharf to Wharf, for example. It's like the best little road race in California. Amazing history. It was like something I heard about so many friends, parents running when I was in cross country in high school, you know, Um, but but I do want to say like the East Bay running scene is also something that's really, really special. And I also think that in general, the running community here in the Bay area is 
really truly incredible. Um, there are so many um, established clubs like West Valley, Impala, um, Wolf Pack, and there are some of the newer teams like Oakland Track Club, Ars Hey, That's Fine. And I think that there are so many amazing people on all of these teams. And in the last couple of years, and certainly I have felt this over the last couple of months, the amazing amount of support from the community that's really felt unprecedented. And I really can't wait to see how much more that it's going to grow. You know, this is not just like saying, yeah, we're all recreational runners and we just sign up for races, but this is like, Hey, you want to get faster and, or like you have a goal, let me show up for you. Yeah. And <clears throat> this makes it so much so that we can show up better for ourselves as well. Yeah. I love that yeah. so much. Oh, makes me want to like, just, I don't know. Go. I really want to come back to the Bay Area. And we've Let's had several conversations in the last couple months with people yeah. from the Bay Area. So now what? Oh, I was gonna ask a question. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um bring all the kids, come stay with me. Our kids can play together. It'll be great. Oh, oh yeah. How old are your kids, Connie? Yeah, they're seven and three. So okay. uh, those are younger, a little younger than yours, but I promise, like my three-year-old's super advanced. <laughs> Oh, oh, our kids will keep love. that up. We just, yes. Our daughter just turned nine, so they could play together and the big kids, bigger love. kids can babysit and play. It'll yeah. be awesome. She loves any you opportunity I can go for to, run. Like, to not be the baby, right? She's just like, yeah. oh, I'm, I, there's, oh I, I get to be the big kid? She's, she's all about it and like, <laughs> come on, let's do this and let's do that. I know. No, I for real, I will call you because I would love to go running with you. It'd be really fun. Yeah. I think it'd be so much fun. It, but going back to what we were talking about earlier, when I was like, I'm a 40 mile a week runner, like now is a little bit different because I finally, because I said that I wanted to put out this big, scary goal. I want to break the 80 minute uh, mark for the half marathon. I'm actually pushing my mileage. And, and Emily, I know you run a lot more miles than I do. I'm like, I should, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. How many miles are you doing now per week? Um, I had a pretty big jump from 50. I, I basically was running what I, what I, what felt good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so if you look at my, if you look at my Strava, it, like you could see it just goes up and down, up and down, up and down based on whatever feels good and everything's been feeling good. So I went from something like, uh, just over 50 miles a week. And this last week, then I jumped to 67, which is actually Okay. probably my peak from marathon training back in 2017. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. great. I mean, and, I mean, I say that, like, I don't want people to feel like you have to run when I say that's no. great. Like I have to run high mileage. You don't, you have to run the mileage. That's great yeah, for, for you, yeah. for you as an individual, that could be 30 miles a week. It'd be 25 miles a week, right? 50 miles a week. You know what I mean? So Right. So this is, I mean, honestly, this is pretty new territory for me, for me, especially with a half marathon. Um, I've never really deliberately trained for something like this, this isn't truly this intense before. Um, but, you know, I want to go back to the idea of that it really is about efforts, right? Like not every day is going to be an effort sort of day. Um, really like you're for, anybody who's like thinking like, do I actually need to put in a ton of mileage? Like to your point, like, no, but you need to have probably like two really good efforts, like have one longer run 
And then one that's more of a workout for whatever kind of paces that you're trying to push yourself to. Like Mm -hmm. those are the things that are going to actually be your anchors during the week, everything else during the week, like, you know, with the time on feet, taking it easy, like make sure you feel good, but like not every single day, any run needs to be work. No, it does. You know what? And it's critical that it isn't. Because you can't just stay in that zone all the time. You have to recover. You have to do the easy miles. And if you're just constantly running the same pace, you're never going to get better. But that's a whole other discussion. We, yes. Connie, you and I, <laughs> we need to talk. We could talk running for hours. Um, okay. One of the things that we like to ask our guests is, if you could run anywhere in the whole world, where would it be and why? Goodness. Um, that is, it's a really loaded question because there have been so many places that I think that I've just, that I have run at that I did not necessarily fully appreciate that I would really like to go back and just like soak in the oof of it. Um, I love running. I love running in Hawaii. I do. And part of it is just because um, my skin loves the humidity. <laughs> it's probably because like my parents are from Taiwan. It gets really humid and yay genetics. Um, but the views are so good. And at the same time, like say, for example, if you're on the big islands, what is really so crazy about it and why, for example, like Ironman Kona is just such a big deal and such a huge test for athletes is because you are running through so many different kinds of little microclimates Mm -hmm. and you don't even realize it unless you are actually there and like experiencing it. And I think that that's so incredible. Uh, when I visited, I ran through it, but I was kind of like, okay, this kind of sucks here. (laughs) (laughs) It's odd. It's weird. This is so weird. It was humid and I was dry. I don't know what it is. And then like, you know, but, but that also is like me knowing so little, um, about how to really appreciate the land that I I'm, I'm visiting, right. Like I'm a visitor on. And I think that as I get older, um, I really have to really, I I think I really have to appreciate that space that I am a visitor. I'm a guest on, right. And acknowledging that. And I said earlier that, one of the best ways that I like to get to know a place is just by running it. And like, there's that connection, um, between like me and where I'm at, but I don't know that I've always been fully present to appreciate that before. And so with a place like Hawaii, whether it's the big Island or a much quieter, more slightly more remote, less occupied Island, like Hawaii, I think that there's that feeling of I, as a guest, I want to really appreciate mm-hmm. where it is that I'm getting to know. Cause that is a relationship too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, that, those are such, such good ways of thinking about it. I, I remember running this, this run, I ran a 22 mile run in Kauai and honestly, I, I still think about it. It's one of, one of, yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> he was on a bike, but it was one of the best experiences, honestly, because I, I saw things about that Island and I smelled things and I experienced different terrain that I would have never experienced if I hadn't run those 
miles on that island. And so you're right. That's such a great way to get to intimately know some, uh, know a place. And that's one of the reasons why I love this podcast and talking to guests like you about their amazing running, but about where they live and, and sharing it with, with people. So, um, Thank yeah. you so Thank much you so for much taking for the this. time. This is so great. I'm so glad we got a chance to catch up and chat. Um, we love having you here. Where can everybody find you so they can follow along and cheer for you for that sub 120 half marathon? Um, so um, again, I'm going to be racing the Napa Valley half. Um, Kaiser Permanente, I think is the one that's like hosting it. So it's that first weekend of March. If you are going to be tracking athletes, totally Google it, just Napa Valley marathon, half marathon. Um, and if you want to try to lurk me on Instagram, <laughs> I am Connoisseurs Rex, two ends, Rex, like Tyrannosaurus Rex. You have yes. the best Instagram yes, awesome. handle. Yeah, I like that. I mean, honestly, it's so original and fun. And like, nobody <laughs> would ever forget your Instagram handle. We'll put it no, in the I, show notes too. But I really love dinosaurs. <laughs> I've always really loved dinosaurs. <laughs> so perfect. It, it doesn't, it, maybe it doesn't roll off the tongue, but I'm going to make it happen. No, <laughs> so I love it. It's so original. Yeah, that's a great mashup. That's Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Uh, Connie, thank you so much and good luck with all your training and I'll be rooting for you from afar and hope to, to see you in person at some point so we can log some miles together. Yeah. Thank you so much. Connie Shea, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We know there are so many ways to tackle preparation for running the marathon. I never expected a solid cross-country season would put you over the top for a PR. We're looking to hear about more success coming your way. Thank you for sharing your insights on the hidden gem known as Alameda, California. We'll all be looking for a quiet day at the beach, flat, fast running, and a casual but vibrant food scene. Everyone, go follow Connie at Connoisseurs Rex on Instagram. Come follow us at Sweet Run, Nat Runs Far, and on SweetRun.com. A big thanks again to our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Use the code SWEETRUN to take 25% off of everything they have to offer. Use it for yourself or an awesome gift. A big thanks to our friends at Inside Tracker. Are you guys enjoying this Sweet Run podcast? We would love it if you would take a moment to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any platform that you listen to our show on. It would help us to get our content out to new listeners and help to grow our show. Go ahead and push the button. Leave us a rating and review. We would so appreciate it. And we appreciate you guys. Join us next week for another great conversation with an awesome runner living in a great location. We'll see you then. We will see you then.